Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarty. And before we kick things off this week, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts spotify and youtube the more ratings reviews and subscribers we get the more we can continue to grow the podcast now that the housekeeping is out of the way let's get on with the show on today's podcast we'll be joined by enniskeen camogie captain kate mccarty following their brilliant 116 to 28 win over ahabullock in the intermediate county final on sunday it was third time lucky for enniskeen following losses in the last two finals and kate will join us to reflect on their success. The greatest football story ever told is the tagline from Mead All-Ireland winner Liam Hayes on the cover of Believe, the new autobiography by Castlehaven and Cork legend Larry Tompkins. Larry's co-author Dennis Hurley will join us on today's show to tell us about the book, which is available in shops now. A little later on, we'll be previewing the Carberry Junior A hurling final between Clonakilty and St Mary's with St Mary's captain Jason Collins. But Kieran, let's kick things off with your five biggest takeaways from the weekend. It was third time lucky for the Inneskeen Camogie uh, team who won the county intermediate final last weekend to beat Ahabullock by 116 to 28. Inneskeen had lost the finals in 2017 and 2019, so fantastic to see them come back, crown county champions, and they're going up senior for 2021. And no surprise that Orla Cronin led the way. And she scored 13 points in a player of the match performance. There was also uh, county celebrations for the Castlehaven ladies who beat O'Donovan Rossa in the county junior B football final by 5-11 to 3-8. Moreno Driscoll scored 2-4. Katie Cronin scored 1-6. And Grania O'Sullivan kicked two goals. Moving on now, Island Rovers have preserved their Premier Senior Football Championship status after a brilliant... 18 points to 1-6 win over Bishopstown uh, and last Sunday. Sean O'Donovan, Dan McOwen and Stephen Leonard combined for 16 points. So that gives a hint at the score and potential of this Island Rovers team. On to Bantry Blues next. And they're also safe from relegation after they won their Cork Senior A football championship relegation playoff against St. Nick's. Arthur Coakley was the hero of the day for Bantry. He kicked 1-8 in Bantry's 3-15 to 0-2 win. I'm going to finish up this week with details of the County Senior Camogie Championship Final, which is on this Sunday in Castle Road. And it's going to see Corsi Rovers up against Inescara. Inescara are in their fifth final in a row, while Corsi Rovers are back in their second final and bidding for their first ever Senior Camogie title. Good stuff, Kieran. Well, as you mentioned in your five takeaways, it was third time lucky for the Enniskeen Camogie team on Sunday. And in a few minutes... 
we'll be chatting to their captain, Kate McCarthy. But Kieran, before we do, you might give us some background to the Enniskeen story over the past few years. It's uh, it's brilliant to see that Enniskeen have finally got over the line, Jack. Like you mentioned earlier, they lost two finals in the previous three seasons, both times in Newstestown. And I think last year's was particularly hurtful because it was by a single point and there's obviously a fierce rivalry between Inneskeen and Newcastle, so that stung and that hurt Inneskeen. But in fairness to them, they were grouped this year, and they came back stronger than ever. Um, they were deserving winners the last day. Like I mentioned earlier, too, Orla Conan got 13 points, and we all know she's the Cork centre forward, and she's the class act in this um, in this Inneskeen team. And they've benefited from having Orla around the panel, I suppose, for training and games non-stop over the last couple of months because of the whole COVID situation. It's it's almost a silver lining for, for GA teams and even teams right across the country that they have access to their inter-county players more so this year than ever before. And it's in the scheme have reaped the rewards for that. Um, they did it the hard way again in the scheme. If you go back to the, the county quarterfinal against Black Rock, they were 13 points down at one point in the in the first half, but they came back to win that. And I think in the semi-final against Father Neils, they were five or six points down as well at one stage before coming back to win. So... Obviously, this is a, a gutsy and determined in the scheme team, and it was great to see them get over the line. And it's great for, for like, even their manager, Dermot Curtin. He is Mr. In the Scheme, and he's the main man when it comes to In the Scheme, Camogie. So it was great to see him involved the last day and to see him help In the Scheme to get up to the senior ranks for next year. And you'd be interested to hear, Jack, that there is a Kilkenny lady involved in the management team with In the Scheme, Elaine Aylward. I think I hope I pronounced her name right. She's a. a Royalty. Kilkenny legend. Aylward. Aylward is royalty in Kilkenny. That's exactly it. And she's, uh, she obviously has, a, has that Midas touch because she's helping the skiing get up there. So she's part of the of the management team along with Anthony O'Sullivan and Brian Daly and Dara Curtin. So kind of, it's been a huge team effort from in the skiing this year. They worked really, really hard. Um, from talking to Dara Curtin and Brian Daly yesterday, celebrations were brilliant. They were just, there was growing men, growing women crying in Castle Road on Sunday when um when winning this game won because it means so much to everyone, you know, because they've been so close for so long, knocking at the door. And it could have been very easy for them just to kind of give up and because they've got so close and they just haven't got there. But they like I said, they regrouped, they came back and they won. So they're up senior next year, as are Newcestown. So who knows? We could have a, a tasty in a scheme Newcestown game in the senior Kamogi championship. So um as much as we've talked over the last couple of weeks that the ladies football in West Cork is it's going great guns at the moment. We now have three senior Camogie teams in West Cork. We have the Carberry Senior Divisional Team. We have Newcestown and in, in a scheme. And that's just brilliant to see. And then I caught up earlier with Kate McCarthy, the in a scheme captain. She's been a bit unlucky with injury this year. She's missed a couple of games, but she was able to come on in the final the last day. And she played her part in, in an historic win for in a scheme. So if you go back to 2017 and 2019, Inneskeen lost the county to be the Camogie finals, um, both times to Newcestone, which he came back this year and it was third time lucky. What was different this year compared to, to the previous couple of seasons, Kate? Um, I think this year, I suppose, because of COVID, uh, we had more girls maybe around um, at training and stuff like that. You know, you didn't have um, as much distractions maybe as as there would normally be during the summer months, especially. Um, like our, you know, Camogie teams are young, like, you know, so there's a lot of girls going travelling and stuff like that. So I think that was definitely a big factor. But I think like another factor was like we had 
the heartbreak of those years just kind of made us believe a little bit more that like it is our turn now and you know um we have to just take the next step and that was kind of something that we said all year like it's just one more step um just to get it over the line and I think another thing that definitely helped us was Orla Cronin um you know wasn't playing with Cork um or they're not back training yet so she was around training and stuff and like that her experience brings a huge amount um to our training sessions and just her knowledge and you know, the way she plays, like she makes you a better player yourself, you know. Um, and I think there's a lot of competition for places and stuff, which is great. Um, and everyone was just really putting it in a training. And we just had a buy-in this year. We just believed that it was our year. Um, you didn't make it easy for yourselves. I'm thinking of the, the quarterfinal against Black Rock. Was it 13 points down at one point in the first half? You, you still came back to win. Like, that says a lot about the team. It does, yeah. And I think um, that's what I kind of said yesterday as well after you know, getting the cup, I was like, resilience is something that we definitely have in, in buckets, you know, because we've had to be resilient over the years. And, and you know, we're we're a team that loses by a point most of the time. And it's it's devastating to lose by a point and to get so close. So I think that was a huge thing that we had this year. We just had resilience and like, you know, um, then it was always a belief that we would turn it around, you know, no one put the head down. I think that was the huge year. No one put the head down when when the when the when everything got a bit tough. Like, and I think throughout the whole season we've had a little bit tough as well. Like every every club had a bit tough, but we had a good few injuries and and things like that. And girls were you know coming back from injury and stuff. And I suppose personally as well, I had two injuries that kind of um, made it a difficult season for me. But I think you know we all had the we all had the resilience to kind of come back. And you know there was always a belief there. That no one put the head down, which is brilliant. Speaking of injuries, like you mentioned there, Kate, you had a, was it an ankle injury and a back injury and they both came at different points of the season in the campaign that ruled you out. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was best where I had. Um, first, uh, I injured my hip just before the Ballyhay game. Literally found out that day that I wouldn't be able to play it and then um, was coming back perfect then for the Black Rock game. I went over and did ligament damage in my ankle the week before. So I just had an awful season. But sure, that that happens as well. Um, so you kind of have to just keep powering on. And I got my ten minutes yesterday at the end of the game, and I was delighted to be be part of it. I was going to say that, like that was the fairy tale, didn't it? That you actually came on in the county final and played a part in the in the winning of yeah. it. Um, looking at at the game, I could got the, the first two points, but then you came back. I think you had a very strong second quarter, and you were leading seven points to two at half time. What was the belief like at half time? What were you saying? Um, I think, you know, we kind of, like, the girls got, got their back. I think there's no kind of talk. I mean, it's just to allow people to just kind of settle again, um, you know, got out there and stuff. So everyone kind of got their breath. And then, like, we kind of just said, like, as we said, kind of every game, every training session, this is our year. Like, give it everything. And, like, as I, you know, because we have in- injuries and all that kind of stuff, if you can give 10 minutes, if you can give 20 minutes, if you can get half an hour, you know, that's what you can give. So I think girls were just going to go out and put their bodies on the line, um, you know, for the ball and stuff like that. And they just kept that belief at halftime that it's our day. So, What were the moments like just after the final whistle sounded and you knew that in the scheme were counting intermediate champions and you knew that you're, you're going senior next year? What was that like? Oh, it was it was brilliant. I think it was like relief in one way. You're kind of going, thank God he's blown the whistle. You know what's over because, as I said before, we we do let things come. We make it hard for ourselves sometimes. But um, oh, it was brilliant. And you know, to be playing with a group of girls that have kind of had the heartaches. You know, it's it's brilliant for them to you know to be going up senior now, and it's brilliant for the club and the area as well. You know, to go up 
um, and play at a level that we know we're good enough to play at. And, you know, it's, it's, it's actually, it's brilliant. You know, it was a long time coming. So it was just relief and just delighted. No, the, the county senior, um, the county senior Camogie finals coming up this weekend with course season in Mascara. And have you allowed yourself to almost even look forward to next season already? The fact that Inniskeen will be up there with the course rovers with the Inniskara, with the Bars, the Glen, even at neighbours Newcastle. Like you're up at the top right now, up at senior ranks. Like that's that's an incredible achievement for the club. It is, yeah. And we actually were kind of talking about it last night that we can't wait to see the draw now. You know, next year already, um, just to get stuck in again. But it is like you know. It's brilliant because we want to be hurling at the best level, you know, like every everyone wants to be hurling at the, at the top level. So it's brilliant. And, you know, we want to go up and we want to be competitive next year as well. So and I think we, we have the drive and we have the belief. So we just need to power on with that. And, you know, it's actually, it's it's brilliant. Would the dream draw next year be in a scheme nooses down in the first round? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dream or nightmare, I'm not sure. But... Um, Oh, yeah, look, um, I suppose we always have a kind of a, a rocky pass to Newstown and they always manage just to kind of win by point. <laughs> um, so hopefully now, hopefully next year we'll go up and we'll, we'll give them a battle. Um, so yeah, it would be nice to meet them. All right, you know, it's, it's great to see two, two West Cork teams up at senior like so. It'd be great to have a battle, definitely. You mentioned Orla Cronin earlier, and I know like in the scheme, like it really is a, a team effort, and it's fantastic to see this year that you fielded a, a second adult um, Camogie team as well. But obviously, Orla is a is, is a intercounty star, like she's like the Cork centre forward, and she's a very influential player. And you mentioned earlier, Kate, just having her around, I suppose, the squad this year more so than the past couple of years, um, that has been very beneficial for everyone involved. Yeah, um, it was really beneficial, and I think for Orla herself as well. You know, it is. Like it is, I suppose, as a maybe as a intercounty player to not be around doing the training with everyone. You know, they're training with a different a different team, and you know, so for herself as well, she got to know, you know, got to play with us a little bit more, and and maybe learned about us more and things like that. But we obviously learned so much from her and just her expertise and the way she kind of um you know takes on every training session and every match and just the way she looks at things is, it kind of gives you a good focus and keeps you concentrated on, on what the bigger goal is you know and um it was brilliant I think like this year we definitely um we got a few new leaders in the team which is brilliant you know um younger girls kind of stepped up and and we heard a lot more voices which is great and like I mentioned there like you feel that a second adult camogie team this year like that's brilliant for the club like it's you really seem to be a club on the kind of upward curve at the moment yeah, I know it is brilliant and it's great to see girls who may have, you know, for, for different reasons, jobs and things like that, um, have given up camogie and that they're coming back and they're getting to play and, and then girls who are, you know, um, training with the intermediates but maybe not getting their games yet, they have an opportunity to play games and that's the only way you're going to improve by just playing games, getting game time all the time. So it's absolutely brilliant to be fielding a second team this year and, you know, um, like next year now would be brilliant again because you'll have the league there'll be loads of games like for everyone so it's actually it's really really good and there's great camaraderie between the two um, teams as well you know and it's it's brilliant to see girls who had given up to come back to it because it is a great sport to be invested in It's onwards and upwards for Inneskeen Camogie Kate thank you for taking time out of the celebrations um, yeah. congratulations again Perfect thanks a million thank you Great stuff from Kate there and congratulations to everyone involved with the Enniskeen Camogie team on a historic win. Now, before we chat to Dennis Hurley, I just want to pause for a minute to talk to our friends at Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Access Credit Union, your trusted local financial partner. 
Just recently, I went through the process of opening a current account with Access Credit Union, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's changed my life. I was able to open the account online during lockdown, which made the process completely hassle-free, and it was made even easier by the great support provided by Access Credit Union team leader, Amanda O'Sullivan, who joins me now. Amanda, I understand you can now apply for a credit union loan online as well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, you can. If you thought applying for your current account was easy, um, you'll be delighted when you come to us for your car loan. Um, You can apply online just as long as you're registered for your online banking. A couple of clicks and it comes to us here in Access Credit Union. The personal touch still isn't lost. We'll still bring you back and discuss the loan with you. Um, and you can upload any supporting documents you needed, your uh, payslips, bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, we attach them here to your loan, assess the loan, and you can draw it down online. So we aim to do that all within 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you submit your documents. Um, and I suppose it was something that was in the pipeline for a while, but with COVID-19, it sped, sped us up to, to provide the service. Um, and it's really worked out well for us. And you know, for members being able to access their funds and still draw down their loan, it's been it's been a great asset to us really and to the community. I suppose, yeah, um, typically people always had to come into the credit union to draw down their loan. And, you know, for young people who may not be living in the area anymore, we were inaccessible then. So now we're back back in the market for these these members again. Um, and hopefully they will they will support us as we are supporting local businesses. And you know, with every ten euro spent in the locality, it generates forty euros for the local economy. So in turn, the interest that you're paying on your loan in your local credit union goes back into your local economy. So you know, everyone's helping each other with this. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Amanda. And don't forget, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money twenty four seven from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. The greatest football story ever told is the tagline from Meath All-Ireland winner Liam Hayes on the cover of Believe, the new autobiography by Castlehaven and Cork legend Larry Tompkins. Believe is the story of a man who defied all the odds. In the red of Cork, Larry led his adopted county to two All-Ireland titles in 1989 and 1990, one National League and six Munster titles and he was also honoured with three All-Star Awards. His co-author, Dennis Hurley, whose work many of our listeners will be familiar with, spoke to Kieran a little earlier on about the process of writing the book, which is available to buy right now, so get out if you know someone who'd like to read about the legendary career of Larry Tompkins. It's available. And Dennis spoke to Kieran about writing the book with Larry and why it was high time Larry's story was told. In one of Dennis Hurley's columns earlier in the year, in obviously the Southern Star, Dennis said the proof of making it in the GA is that you can be identified by just one name. Obviously in Cork, there's Billy, there's Jimmy, there's Teddy, and there's Larry. And Dennis is the is the lucky, lucky man who's got to tell the story of Larry Tompkins. The I suppose he was a catalyst, Dennis, for for so much in Cork and Castlehaven. But before we talk about the book. I want to ask you how you enjoyed the process of writing your first book. Hi, Kieran. Uh, I thought you were going to say that I was on that list as well, that everyone just knows me as Dennis, but unfortunately I'm not, not so well known. Um, it, was, it was great. It was, it was a, real, a real new experience for me. Um, like it, 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 it's, a, it's a completely different type of work, you know, to being a, a, a journalist and a, a, a sports reporter, but obviously 
you know there's very strong links in terms of the content um it was it was great like i I'd, I'd meet Larry once a week, usually on a Monday morning above the pub, like, and it, it was a good routine to get into, and we'd kind of do an hour, hour and a half at a time, and like it took ages because he has such a a, a story to tell, uh, and the lockdown I suppose actually helped me in one way, and then it gave me the time to to properly finish the the whole thing off. So it um like we we started started recording the conversations at the start of September last year, just over a year ago, and. Our, our last kind of session was middle towards the end of February. Um, so, uh, you know, I was lucky then that there was a, a quieting down of real work um, to allow me to, to, to properly focus on the book. And, um, you know, hopefully I was I was able to, to do the subject matter justice. I suppose for, for anyone who's written a book, I'd ask them, why write a book? What was it about this project that interested you? Kind of why you because it it is a massive undertaking, Dennis. It takes up like you know yourself better than most, the time it takes up, it just it becomes all encompassing. So why? Um well ba- basically I suppose, you know, it, it's all you're always looking at the the next step, like in terms of your career and having strings to your bow. And Liam Hayes, who who owns the publisher Hero Books, he was someone I'd been in semi-regular contact with and then last year he got in touch with a few ideas around you know Cork sports personalities and we were throwing out a few names like and we kind of we 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 realized that like very few of the double winning squads had actually done books and I suppose if you're going to pick anyone to do Larry is the the standout candidate and you know we were just lucky that that he he was willing to do it um that he agreed to it like realistically it's long overdue for him to do a book but I suppose I'm lucky that it's taken until now for it to happen and that I've been the lucky one for it to fall into my lap um, and you know it, it, it's not for, for someone like me like who who would have been a, a, a big GA fan before I became a, a journalist like it's it's not one you could you could turn down really um, because you know if someone else does it then you're reading the book and you're kind of saying geez this could have been me like you know this is what I would have done differently I won't say done better because you know I can't say that for certain but it, it wasn't an opportunity I could let pass me by really. To get right Larry Tompkins autobiography it's like finding gold at the end of the rainbow because like you said he's like he's a legendary figure like kind of he's known all over the country and beyond and you're the man who got the chance to, to tell his story so as a part of that process like you mentioned there you got to meet Larry on a regular basis on, on a weekly basis what was it like to get to know the men behind the kind of image of, of Larry Tompkins, the footballer? Oh, it, it was great. And he, one thing I'd say about Larry is that he was fully invested in the book. You know, he um, he arranged for me to meet guys he had known growing up. Like we spent we spent two days up in Kildare last November just meeting people from um, from his home club in Eadstown and guys who would have been involved with the Wicklow Vocational Schools team that he won All-Irelands with. And you know, I suppose you just really get to see you, you scratch down beneath the surface. Like he is this kind of heroic, heroic figure in in Cork GA and nationally too. Like you know, he is he is one of these giants of of the GA. Um, certainly in recent times, and like I I don't want to kind of spoil the book for anyone. Like, but there, there are sections in it where he talks about his daughter Kate and you know his, his wife Orla and his son Jack as well. But you really see the man behind the the legend there like you know that or even in terms of his his business dealings in the pubs like you know he is a human being with the same 
worries and concerns as the rest of us. But even with all of those things, he was still able to make himself the absolute best footballer he could be. Like I think that shines through pretty much on every page. Like the just absolute animal kind of desire to 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 make himself as good as he could. I think it's it's a credit to you, Dennis, and to Larry that you come away from reading the book and you feel like you know Larry as like that much more, like which is always a testament to to good writing and the fact that Larry opened himself up because it's it's a brilliant book from from the start to the finish and he covers so much in it from his 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 days in New York, obviously Kildare, his time with um, his time with, with the Cork footballers and a huge interest to the Southern Star catching area would be Larry yeah. Tompkins, the Castlehaven footballer, kind of even how he kind of was. What's the word? Enticed to Castlehaven in, in the in the first place is an interesting story. Yeah, that he 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 was playing football in New York with um Anthony and Vincy Collins and Martin Connolly and Martin O'Manny. And like they were always talking about this place, you know, where where they they, they loved football as much as Larry loved it. And you know, it started out as a joke almost and then he began began to kind of think of it more seriously, like and he was thinking, you know, it could be worth a shot, like if they had all these good players you know, he he'd give it a go like that. Certainly, it was a match made in heaven. Like that, it was the the absolute perfect fit for him, in terms of you know someone who had kind of almost given up the notion of playing football again in Ireland to any serious level. And he thought he was out in New York for the foreseeable future in the mid eighties. That you know, Castlehaven was this place where the football was, you know, played. Um, and supported by absolute fanatics, and he he was he was someone who who fitted right into that. And you can really see in the book the the level of regard he has for Castlehaven and the people that went before him. And you know he stayed he stayed involved with the club, like, and he's still a, a Haven man. And he um you know I suppose what you'd say, and I know Callan said it when I spoke to him about it, is that Larry made a good Castlehaven team great, and he made a good. Cork team great and it was just everything just came together around that time that these two teams who'd almost made it and they just needed a bit of a push and Larry was able to give them both that um, push over the line I think what the book does brilliantly too Dennis is we obviously learn about Larry the footballer but his mentality was second to none Jesus did that man would play with two broken legs yeah yeah and then like well sure he played the last 10 minutes of the other and with a torn cruciate which is is it's crazy, like it, it, it's it's unheard of stuff. And what he went through to get himself back playing again, it, it was just manic stuff. Like, I suppose maybe maybe that kind of that thing maybe rubbed off on me a little bit in terms of wanting to make sure the book was as good as it could be. Like my my biggest fear is that the world would find out how lazy I am. So to to kind of hide that, I make sure I stay productive. Um and like. It, you know, definitely in terms of writing the book, I was kind of always at the back of my head. It's like, you know, Larry, he's he's a fair guy, but he's very exacting. He knows what he wants. Um, and so there was definitely no way that he'd send over a book that he wasn't happy with. So it, it, it was definitely something to give me a push to make sure that it was up to the, the standard expected. How much more of an appreciation do you have for Larry Tompkins, I suppose, the footballer, the men, the whole package after... I suppose spending so much time with him and then putting this book together. Oh, it's huge, like, you know, because you read about these people on, on newspapers and see them on television and, you know, you build up one perception, but then it's only when you talk about the various different things and get the 
the, the proper insight that you really find out. Um, and so, like, th- that was... I, I, I won't say it was a challenge, like, but that was just something I had to be cognizant of and make sure transferred onto the page. Like, w- what I was trying to do was to make sure that it was Larry's book with me almost just transcribing his thoughts rather than it being my book and me putting in flourishes that would sound completely unnatural coming out of Larry's mouth. You know, the the important thing is with a an autobiography is to get the voice. Um, and so that that's the that was the main objective and I think and I hope that that was achieved. Like we're gonna say there, it's it's a long process process putting a book together. It takes a lot of time, a lot of work a lot of commitment and dedication, a lot of long hours at night. But is there yeah. any one moment that stands out for you, Dennis, during the whole process where it was like, ah, oh, yes, this is coming together. It could be something, a small little bit of detail. It could be something big. Any moment where it almost made it all worthwhile. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of, it, it was the, the prologue of the book, basically. It's um, when he when he made the decision um, on a, a, a snowy uh, night in New York in January 1987. It was, when Larry told me that bit straight away, the light bulb went off, and I said, "That's the the first bit of the book, definitely, because it just puts you straight in there into his mindset at the time, the the kind of the the encouragement or the persuasion from the Haven as to it being becoming more serious, like and just so atmospheric. This this night in New York, you know, he he's out training in the snow, like you know, probably the only fell out there, and he's thinking, if I don't go home now, I'll never go home." And that was the that was the moment that turned everything in Larry's life, and I, I felt it had to be the, the the starting point for the book. You've one book down. Would you go again? I would, but maybe not for a while. So just take a small bit of time for yourself, just to reflect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do need a bit of time to recharge because it is there. Like it's like it's like. Um, it's like building a house. It's like it's this thing just at the back of your brain the whole time, a kind of a, a low level humming. Um and you know, even on the days you're not doing anything on it, it's still there and you have to kind of make sure you don't let too much of a workload build up. Um but then to to get it done and to get the book in the hand, uh, as you can appreciate, is just a great feeling, uh, a sense of achievement and you know, hopefully anyone who, who buys it and reads it does enjoy it. Talk to you about the title, Believe. Where did that come from? Um, that was, I think, that was the suggestion of Liam Hayes, um, who, who did put in a, a lot of work on, on the editing side and just in terms of being able to, to bounce ideas off. Uh, it was him and Larry that, I suppose, they, they wanted something that just summed up the, something snappy, one word, you know, and that just summed up the the fact that, that Larry did come home believing he could... Uh, you know, make a difference with Castlehaven and Cork and, you know, that, that he could achieve all he did, uh, you know, from from growing up in, in the small house in Kildare, you know, and, and just go to the, the heights he did. Brilliant. Believe the Larry Tompkins autobiography is available in all good bookstores now. We'll get, get it online wherever you can get a book, get hold of this book, because I, I've been looking enough to read it. It's a superb book, Dennis. It's a it's a testament to you and, and your skill, and I'm sure it's going to be a huge hit, whether you're a Castlehaven fan, Cork fan, a football fan, or even a sports fan in general, because like I said earlier, you come away from this book and you've learned something about one of the, the greatest GA characters of all time, so the very best to look with it. Cheers, Karen. Thanks for that. On Sunday in Ahiol, surprise package St. Mary's meet well-fancied Clonakilty in the Carberry Junior A hurling final. 
It's 33 years since St. Mary's reached this stage of the competition. And in a few moments, we'll hear from Captain Jason Collins. But Kieran, for once, I think I can actually provide some insight to one of the games we're previewing. I've actually played against both sides this season so far. And I have to say, I'm not surprised that either has made the final. Obviously, you spoke to Jason, so you'll have a bit of an idea of where they're coming from. But Clonakilty are probably well-fancied favourites, would you say? Yeah, that's fair to say, Jack. Um, I think Clon are going for their 17th flyer night this Sunday. So um, they won, they've won two in the past three or four years. Um, so they're, they've been there, done that. They know how to win finals. They have the experience of winning Carby Junior A hurling finals. So that, that'll definitely stand to them. Um, they also have some kind of likes of David Lowney, like he's a cock standard hurler, and he's their, their main scorer this year. They have Sean White, um, Mark White and Brian White, the kind of three White brothers. And we know Sean White better as a cock footballer. He's also the clan captain, but there is an injury worry over him. He put up against um, in their against Donny's last day. I think it's a hamstring injury, so he's battling to get fit for for Sunday's game. So if Sean White is out or not fully fit, that's a big blow for Clan. Um, but they will be heavily fancied because, yeah. um, like you said, there St Marys are in their first final in thirty three years, and as far as I know, none of the St Marys players involved the last they were born, the last time that the club was in a final, and they've obviously. They've, oh sorry, that obviously, but they've never won the Carberry Junior A hurling title either. So you've this team on one hand, Clan, who are almost one of the aristocrats of Carberry Junior A hurling, against the surprise package Marys, who have never won this title. So all the signs would kind of point towards um, Clan. Kind of, you tick every box for Clan, but there's something about this Marys team. Kind of, there's they have a bit of energy about you now. They have momentum because um, they've come from nowhere this season. Yeah, um, but- if you go back. If you go back to last season, sorry, Jack, they lost their first two games of the Carby Junior Hurling Championship to Mahunas and Newcastle. And Jason, as we hear from him soon, will say they didn't even win a Hurling League game or Championship game last year. Fast forward 12 months and they're in the Carby Junior here, Hurling final. So, superb story. Yeah, well, we played them on a fine evening up in their ground and they play a lovely brand of Hurling, I would say. So, I would think if the conditions are in their favour this weekend, which I'm not actually sure what the forecast is, but I think they would benefit from having a clear day because of the brand of hurling that they do play but I think whoever was playing full forward for us against us that day for St Mary's and I actually think it was Jason Collins he was uh, extremely dangerous like so if he can get on the ball he think he scored six points in the semi-final but he was good in the air and I think a lot of their play is going to be reliant on him because he's a creator and also their main scorer I know during the semi-final their corner forward, I think Darren O'Donovan is his name, also scored 1-4 from play. And it was him and Jason Collins who got most of their scores. So I think they're going to be heavily reliant on the two lads. And as I said, if things go their way weather-wise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against them. When we played them, and we were obviously a, a junior B side, it was in the league game, we kind of stuck with them for most of the game. But in the last 10 minutes, their clash shone true and they kind of pulled away. And it was a similar story against Clonakilty. I think you mentioned like the level of player they have and the likes of David Lowney. Again, when we played them, I think it was level at half time. It was the first game back after COVID. The weather was bad, so it was quite scrappy. But once they built up ahead of steam in the second half and Dave Lowney just started bulling through, basically, people were bouncing off him. And he was just tapping over scores from all over the field. And it was absolutely hammering down rain and hail. And it was still like nothing to him, throwing over points on his bad side from the 65. So again, if St. Mary's can keep the likes of him quiet and the weather conditions go their way, I think they could be in with a shout, but again, if the likes of David Lowney 
builds up ahead of steam and starts picking off points, I think Clonakilty could actually run away with the game. Uh, that would just be my own assessment, having played against both sides so far this year. Looking at some of the stats there, Jack, David Lowney scored 133 in the three games and I think 33 frees in that. So from from that alone, if, if Mary's cough up any cheap, cheap freeze on Sunday, Lowney's going to punish them. Like, you know, yeah. he's deadly accurate from, from place balls. And you would expect someone of his like, county standard to shine at this level. And he is. He's been a, a huge force for them so far. Uh, Sean McAvoy is another forward worth mentioning. He's, um, he's picked up five points but he's been really, really good, really dangerous. So they've a, they've a very dangerous attack. But have to mention too, Marys were just going through the stats ahead of the ahead of the game. Um, Brian Everett has three five. Darren Donovan is uh, thirteen points. Jason Collins has twelve points. Dylan Scanlon has scored nine. Nile Kelleher scored six. Brian McCarthy scored five. And there's five or six more scores besides that. So they're kind of an all-round threat as well. So while you could say Clan are very dependent on David Lowney because he's got the bulk of their scores. Um, Marys seem to have more scoring threats or, or the more players who are contributing to their scores. So it, it, it makes for a fascinating game. Like, like we can both acknowledge that Clan will be the favourites. But given the year that it is and given what we're seeing, you just, you just don't know what's going to happen this year because there's some magical stories coming like this year, like the kind of year going back a couple of months back. There was no GA. Now we have and some, some brilliant, brilliant stories. So... Mary's, Mary's a ring with a big shot, I think. Yeah, two great sides. I say it'll be a great game, Hurling. Hopefully, it'll be streamed or at least some fans will be allowed in to watch it. That's on Sunday in Ahi Hall. So let's hear now from the St. Mary's captain, Jason Collins. On Sunday evening in Ahi Hall, all eyes will be on the Carberry Junior A Hurling final between Clannacilty and the surprise packets, St. Mary's. Delighted to be joined in the podcast by St. Mary's captain, Jason Collins. Um, Jason, it's 33 years since St. Mary's were last in the Carby Junior A hurling final. Were you even born back then? No, no, no. I was uh, 91 for myself. Uh, no, it is, it is brilliant. Um, not in our wildest dreams, but we would have expected to be there. Um, it's just everything has gone so good, so far so good. Um, we're delighted to be there. Um, it means a lot to all the older people in the village. You see, there's grown men crying in the pubs. Uh, things are were ecstatic last weekend. Um, it's brilliant. We're hopefully hopefully do the business for them on Sunday now as well. Um, Mary's you booked your spot in the final by beating Spanish the reigning champions in last weekend's semi final. But before we even look at that game, um, let's go back to the earlier rounds because I was looking at the 2019 records and Mary's you lost to Mahuna's Force in the Town and you're out after the second round. You met those same two teams in the first couple of rounds this year and you beat them both, which set up the game against Ben and Escarpti. So um, from 2019 to 2020, what's changed? Yeah, it's all literally like last year we started off um, against Mahunas in the in the first round and look, to be honest, they probably were a bit better than us. They beat us by three or four points. We always knew we had the players to come good. Uh, the younger lads coming through are brilliant. Um, we just needed to keep them all together. And I think with COVID now this year, everyone seems to be based in the village. Uh, it's brilliant. It, our trainings, we're getting numbers now where we wouldn't have had previously. Like last year, we didn't even win a game. I don't think we won a league game or a championship game last year. Um, this year, I think we've won all our games, league and championship to date. 
Um, we've got um, David O'Donovan, uh, Stephen Moyes and Mike Deneen as our management team. And they're brilliant, to be fair to them. They give it their all. Um, couldn't ask more of them. They're brilliant. Um, we uh, Training-wise, things have gone good. No, in, in, no injuries um, to date, no serious injuries compared to previously. Two or three lads out of the team would probably be a big effect on us. While this year now we've got a big squad. Um, there's no problem bringing in a sub. It's going to replace a fella just as good as him. Um, so, so far, so good. You beat Newstown the first round. That game into extra time. And, and you still came through against, obviously, we all know Newstown are renowned battlers. So how much confidence did you take from that, that you, that you beat a team who'd beaten you last year? And like that kind of kick-started something for you then? Exactly. And especially in the first round, like Newstown had a senior game earlier in the day and turned out to have a, a brilliant team with maybe three senior players that played since, I would expect, if not more. Um, so they had a really strong team on paper. Um, it was a tough game over in the Benway. Um, we were we were lucky at times. We we were leading, and then Newstown fought back as they as you say as they always do, and we were under pressure in the last ten minutes. And to be fair, a couple of lads just stood up, and we got a couple of points, kept us ahead, and then Newstown levelled it. We needed the extra time. Then we knew fitness wise we were in a good place, as in. We knew we could we could last the next twenty minutes, and it really stood to us. We kind of kicked on the first half of extra time, and then just kind of grinded it out from there. Um, it was massive, though. It really set the tone for the year because, as I said in the previous years, we'd have been losing first round, and then you're into backdoor scenarios, and you don't know who you're going to get. Like I think it was Kilmeen was the next game in the backdoor for Newstone. Like that was the last last team we wanted to be playing uh, after playing a tough game against Newstone. Um, so literally, it started our year. Um, fellas were were buzzing after it, and you could see training things started to pick up. Levels started, the hurling started to get faster, and you'll see it in the in the last couple of games. The improvement that we've had since Newstone game is after changing our year. To be honest, you had a super win against Mahuna's in in the second round, and then that set up and um, that led to the semi final against Benascarty. Like I said earlier, the reigning champions. I think it was two twenty to one twelve. Like that's quite emphatic to beat a team of of Bell's caliber. You got a brilliant start. I think Brian never got two quick goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, like just on on the Castone game, it, it was another tough game as well. To be fair, um, again in the Manway and like Castletown, they have some fine hurlers as well. Um, they in took over in in the early two thousands of winning multiple player nines. Um, as they tell us, blowing the pub sometime. But um, no, it, it was a really tough game. But I think that game really stood to us as well. Because with a local derby, it's, they're the kind of games that really get fellas up for, for the hurling. And it was nice to get to get a win there and show that like, we're able to play we're able to play hurling, we're able to beat the best. Um, and like that, it, didn't, it, it drove us on for the balance character game. We knew that we had another strong game under our belt. Again, big scoring, so it stood to us. We knew we could mix it um, against Balance Carty. Then, like you said, they started off. They got the first two points. We were kind of a bit under pressure again. Next thing, Brian Everard got a goal, kind of lifted the spirits a bit. Got another goal, and then next thing, we were kind of we were leading from there on. Um, again, Balance Carty, like as you say, reigning champions, brilliant team, 
um, last couple of years, they have been the benchmark. Um, we got to see the last couple of West Cork finals themselves in Kilmeen have really stood out. Um, and to just to be able to play as well as we did on the night, it's another confidence boost for us. Um, I know Clannock Kilty probably favourites from probably the start of the year this year with the scoring that they've put up. Um, we know we have to go up another step again if we are to beat them. But like that, the last two, the last three games that we played have all been tight, strong, good games. So hopefully not will stand to us for um, Sunday. Is it a positive too, Jason, the fact that the semi-final against Bell was on Saturday night and it's just a week between the semi-final and the final? So like obviously you're going to be high in confidence coming off the, fact, coming off the back of a great win against Bell. And now the final is just days away. Yeah, it's actually perfect. Um, like that, we didn't know Saturday night. We actually didn't know when the match was on. We, we thought it might have been two weeks and we were saying it might give the fellas a bit more rest. But to be honest, it's actually perfect. Um, this week again, look, there's not going to be a whole pile done this week, really. It's just getting ready, getting the touch, getting the touch right for Sunday. Um, fellas kind of zoned in from last weekend anyway, so they know what's, what's to be done. Um, so just it's, it's only fine tweaking things um, skill-wise now for the, for the rest of the week. But like that, it's nice to be playing games in every week because it just gives you the momentum, as you say. Um, there's no stop. Um, probably previous years football. Uh, I know Clan probably the same. Like football gets in the way, and it's very hard to manage the dual clubs, especially with COVID at the moment. We're down to the kind of bare minimum of players, and if you're trying to use say, the same players in both codes, injuries pick up. Like you, it's just very hard to manage both. Um, it's probably something that we've benefited from this year. Um, the depth in our squad has really helped us in both codes. I mentioned there is obviously Clannock Kilty that's standing in, in your way on, on Sunday. I see there they've won 17 Flyer Nightings over the years. Like they're kind of one of the, I suppose, the, the top teams in this competition. Um, St Mary's, you've yet to win the, the, the Carby Junior A Hurling Championship. How much of a challenge will, will Clannock Kilty be? Look, it's going to be massive. Um, yeah, it's going to be massive. Clan, as I said, the last couple of years, they've they've been a benchmark as well with the likes of Alan Scarty and Kilmeen. Um they're, they're a big town. Um, take our parish. We've got three clubs in our parish. Um, Numbers-wise, population-wise, population we probably wouldn't be as strong as them. But at the same time, the, the, the players we have, we full of confidence in, the, in every player. Um, given day, 60, every, with 60 minutes, anything can happen. Um, like that, we definitely have to give ourselves a chance. There's no point going out there otherwise. Um but I think I think this year we've really grouped together as probably COVID thing as well. Whatever I'm being based here, it's a real tight group we have at the moment, and it's brilliant to see. Um, everyone's working so hard for each other. Everyone knows what's asked of them; they'll, they'll do it, and it's brilliant. Um, like that, like we all know, Clannacilty have the big players and. Um, have even a couple of lads playing senior hurling at the moment, and like it's going to be another step up. So we need to we need to step it up as well. So we're under no illusions of what we have to do on Sunday. You mentioned there, Jason. I think one of the silver linings for for clubs and all of what's going on this year is the fact that for the first time in a long time, you almost have your full pick of of players because everyone's almost based at home, and it's it's a story that's kind of replicated throughout the division and and, and throughout the country, and it. Like you said, there has that helped fostered that even that club spirit even that much more. The fact you're there for training, you're there for games, and you have that big pick at the moment. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. Like previous years, like I think it was a couple of years ago at the AGM when we were on about should we actually retire the hurlies? We were maybe thinking about packing and hurling because it was taking too much out of the players that we had. Um, asking too much, the demands were too high. Lads were coming from Dublin, they were coming from Limerick, um, college and work, and it was very hard to sustain. Um, thank God we didn't pack in the hurling. Um, <laughs> we, we've seen the benefits of it now, but um, it looked like that. If it is very hard, uh, like previous years, we wouldn't have had the numbers that we've had, and we wouldn't have managed. Um, we went down Junior B, we'd, we had a couple of years down there. Um, like that, it, it kind of helped us because if that maybe brought a couple of players in as well. Um, but then, as we were coming through, we, we knew that we'd good young players coming up, and we said, "Look, we are able to be kind of mixing with the junior A teams." And thank God, the club they listened to us and they supported us, and um, we moved up to junior A. Couple, last couple of years haven't been haven't been good and successful. Probably didn't have much, maybe one win in the last couple of years. But even on the ranking system there that I came out last year for relegating teams again, I think we're bottom we're bottom of the pile. Um, so at least now this year, it gives us a chance to actually prove what we can do. And hopefully we're only going to get stronger. Um, and like that, it'll be nice. To, like, if, hopefully, if we could ever land a flyer line to be brilliant for the club. These are great times for sport in Inneskeen, Berlin. Phil Healy, Ireland's fastest woman, is from Ballinine. John Caulfield is already working the Oracle up with Galway United. And just last weekend, in a scheme, Camogie team won the county intermediate championship. Um, so they're going senior. So it's super times for sport at the moment. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, as you say, like Phil Healy's done outstanding stuff. Um, Recognised all over Ireland. She's incredible. Uh, our sister Joan is the same way. Um, they're nearly one and two in, in Ireland. Um then you've got the Inneskeen Camogie team. Like yesterday was brilliant around the village. Um, they were parading up and down. Um, there was good buzz around the place, good excitement, flags are out. Um, they deserved it. Like they've been there with the last couple of years and just failed to get over the line. But I'm delighted for them yesterday because like, they, we both use the same facilities. You see them down training, they had a farty easier training. And it, it just, they look brilliant to be fair. They're a, they're a proper setup. They've got everything going the the right way. Um, good management team in place. Um, and like that with the COVID restrictions again this year, I think they benefited from it as well, because with say, the likes of Orla playing with the county and things, giving more time to the club, it just it it proves that like it's working out better for the teams. Um, gives them more chance to to do the club hurling and and football that most most players want to do. Um, I think definitely the split season would be an option going forward for everyone. Um, say get the club games run fast over a short period of time. I think it suits everyone. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally, and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we wrap up, we're just going to do a quick preview of this week's Southern Star Sports section. So, Kieran, what can readers expect? 
We have an extract from Dennis Hurley's um, book on Larry Tompkins, the Larry Tompkins autobiography, I believe. It's a really good extract. This It's Larry's looking back on the 1994 County Senior Football final saga against Skibbereen. So that's the the final that finished the draw and then went to replay. So it's Larry's insight into that. So that's well worth to read. It's really good stuff. Um, obviously, we big coverage of Inniskeen winning the county intermediate final and going up to senior reaction from the camp. Um, match reports and reaction from Ireland, Rovers and Bentry Blues, big wind. Um, we never mentioned too that actually Gabriel Rangers lost their relegation playoffs, so they've slipped down to intermediate for next season. Um, fans of Castlehaven will also be interested in our, our report and reaction from their county final win against O'Donovan Rossa. I also spoke to uh, Jules Star, Fiona Keating, um, who was bidding for a unique double. This Sunday, she won uh, senior football medal with West Cork last week, and now she's bidding to win a senior Camogie medal with her club, Corsi Rovers, this Sunday. And if you go back two years ago, Fiona lost the county senior football final and the county senior Camogie final within 25 hours of each other on the same weekend. So it would be brilliant for Fiona if she could complete the double uh, this Sunday and she's also um, the current West Cork Youth Sports Star of the Year. So we wish Fiona the very, very best to look. And as well as that, we have the big build-up to the Carby Junior A hurling final with interviews with Sean White and Jason Collins and a big match preview. Um, there's plenty going on there this week, Jack. So it's 24 more pages just packed with the very best of local sport. Absolutely. And if you can't get to a shop on Thursday, you can always subscribe to the Southern Star digital edition online just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and read the southern star from less than two euro per week thanks for listening to the star sport podcast we'll be back at the same time next week if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever else you get your podcasts slongafold